everyone. It's Amber Love, and you're listening to another episode of Vodka O'Clock from AmberUnmasked.com. And thank you to all of my wonderful backers at Patreon because they support the show and um, important things like, you know, putting gas in my car. So uh, Patreon.com slash AmberUnmasked is where you go to support me. And um, you also get some first access to things like the adventures with Gus or other news about my work. And um, so I hope you've been enjoying the adventures with Gus, actually, um, because I'm working on combining those into one easy to read file so that people who don't feel like reading through blog post, WordPress type stuff can read it somewhere else. So joining me today is my old friend, George O'Connor, and we're going to talk about comics and indie comics and life in comics and how sometimes you can go mad from comics. So so George is here and we're going to talk about Baby, too, which is his new Kickstarter. Hi. Hello. Thank Hi. you for having me on again. I know. I know. It's been a while. And, um, you know, I didn't even think like, oh, we should try to schedule this and get Griffin on at the same time. But, you know, <laughs> since the two of us tend to blab a lot, I can't imagine adding a third blabber to this. <laughs> you'd be splitting it up into three. Into yeah. Three. You'd have content for a month, though. Exactly. Exactly. So because <laughs> Griffin S. E.S.S. Yep. is the artist on Baby and Baby came about years ago. Yes. So yeah. um, now there's a Kickstarter for Baby. There is uh, this. Yeah, this is this has been a long time coming and I'm so excited to be here. We this is the second book that Griffin and I did. Uh, the first book was called Healed. It was a five issue series about what would happen tomorrow if all life threatening disease, disease and illness went away today. And that so was one we of did, the best stories ever, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I it we still bring it to every convention we go to and it's it is still finding new fans, which is, which is fantastic. Um, and you know, at this point, because we've been doing it seven or eight years, you know, we will get people bringing other people to our table. You know, like we saw you last year and this is my friend and I wanted to show him, her, the book, that type of thing, which is just, I mean, that's, that's, that's just the little fuel that you need when all the other stuff has you down a bit. Like, those are the moments that they, they actually happened, they weren't manufactured, and you kind of hold on to those moments of, like, when you're feeling down. It's like, yeah, but on the other hand, you know, I literally watched this woman pull another woman towards our table and put our book in her hand and made her read it right there. You know, yeah. it's those it's those little things that, men you just try and remember because because you know probably like we'll get into this is a this is a roller coaster you know even the ups are filled with dips um but uh but yeah so healed we did um and we wanted to do something afterwards i would say we were maybe a little psychologically exhausted because healed got heavy often right um and so i think we just wanted to shake it off a little bit and we so we wanted to do something lighter a little more fun um and in the same brainstorming session that we kind of crafted healed we had this idea for baby uh which started out as well what if all of these monsters that de destroy tokyo and you know all these other cities well what if it's they're not big evil monsters what if they're just bad at walking on land because they've never walked on land before um and 
that was kind of the beginning of it. And then I had my son, he's eight now, but you know, seven years ago, watching him learn how to walk, you know, it kind of fed into that. It's like, well, he doesn't want to knock all this stuff over and he doesn't want to keep bumping into, you know, the Ottoman and the couch and all this stuff. He's just bad at walking. Um, (laughs) so that this morning, (laughs) (laughs) um, so that that fueled another part of it. It's like, yeah, all right, well, let's make it, you know, this little let's make it a baby monster who's who's lost um, from his mom and accidentally stumbles upon Atlantic City and starts destroying it again, not because he's evil, but just because he's bad at walking. Um, and so as we were putting this all together, um, we were like, you know what? The, the other thing that we kind of noticed for the years that we have been doing healed is going to these conventions and we didn't see a lot of books that both kids and adults could enjoy at the same time. You know, there were definitely adult comic books and graphic novels out there, and there were definitely kids' books. But there wasn't anything that I just kind of kept painting as kind of like that Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes sweet spot where kids and parents are watching the same thing at the same time, and they're laughing, but maybe they're laughing at different parts. But everybody's getting entertained by it. Yeah, that, um, and that's that's actually like one of the beautiful things when you can find that that particular mesh of of audience. Like My Little Pony is pretty great at it. Yes, um, but it's it is because you have to you have to tell something that's a simple story, and then have these uh, relatable things that maybe a younger reader is not going to get. But somebody else is going to say, oh, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, you know, raising a kid as I was as we were concepting this idea and watching just some having to watch some just bad television, because that's what <laughs> that's, that's what, what the, a lot of baby TV. Is. Yeah, that's what the two year old wanted to do. But then coming across every something every now and then. Where it's like, oh, the writers knew parents were going to have to watch this. And there was a joke or a turn of phrase or just a line read that as an adult, you just appreciated so much. Yeah. Um, And so all of that kind of informed how we started building up Baby and kind of what you were talking about with the themes. Um, It started, you know, the the other supporting characters in the cast are we have a we have an evil cryptozoologist because, you know, they're they're, we need one. And they're (laughs) just an underutilized villain in comic books these days. Um, You know, so we wanted the guy who wanted to capture the monster because he wanted to be famous. Um, And on the flip side, we had uh, the police officer who is one more day away from retirement and just doesn't want to deal with this. He has seen enough movies. He's read enough books. He knows what happens to the police officer one day away from retirement. Um, and so these were the three little chess pieces we were playing with, just as a con- concept like, ah, that'd be funny. But then you have to go off and make it. Um, and what I actually kind of realized is both of these characters, the cryptozoologist and the cop, were actually splits of me. Uh, and specifically me being an, an older adult creator. Um, and on the one hand, we had the cryptozoologist who desperately wants to make it, desperately wants to be famous, and will kind of do anything 
he can to do it. And, you know, I, there's, I'm, I'm not pure. Like, yeah, I like telling stories and all that, but you know what? I'd really love to figure out how to pay my mortgage with these stories, you know, I mean, that's the dream. Yeah. You know, um, again, even, even, even as an, as an adult, you know, who, who does pay mortgages and car payments and raises a child and, you know, all this stuff, there's still that eight year old dreamer in the background. Um, so that became kind of very relatable. And then on the flip side was this police officer who's getting ready to call it a day with kind of the realization of like, well, you know, I've done a good job, but I haven't, I haven't been great. Um, and that was definitely, and probably still is a a part of me where, you know, for 25 years at this point, since the first band I joined, I've been making stuff. We, I did a, my fellow bandmates and I were just BSing and I did a, you know, I did a quick count of like, I've got, there's 13 albums with my name on it (laughs) over, you know, uh, now there are, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, there'll be a fourth comic book series with my name on it. There are a ton of short films there and stuff like that. Um, but there's also the realization of, you know, like, well, uh, here I am, you know, again, you know, full grown adult kind of doing this stuff. I was like, has, is, has the window closed and I'm, you know, too stubborn to look at it. And so, all of a sudden, these two characters that were kind of like throwaways, like, oh, shit, I actually, this, these are me. Um, and so you put, so all of a sudden I realized, oh, I kind of put a morality tale or, or you know, the struggle of, of wanting to be famous. And I wrapped it in chocolate with this baby monster destroying Atlantic City. Um, and... You know, it's and it's and it's also wrapped around Griffin's fantastic art that you know makes it inviting to. It it's just it looks fun when someone walks by and they see Griffin's little corgi lizard, our baby. It just looks fun and sweet, and he drew it in such a wonderful way with these big eyes and these big ears and this little belly. That, you know, instantly you've, we, we've got people stopping and just ooing and awing, you know, to start flipping through it. Oh, it is super cute. Plus the plushie that, that just sort of like gets yes. to, to dominate the table. It's like, yes. I need to hug baby. Exactly. You know, so we've, so we've got that end. And then, like you said, we've got some actual kind of like shit I'm dealing with stuff. Other people, you know, deal with. Um, and it just, it turned into this 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 thing that I think was it was I know it became more than I thought it would be when we started creating it um and you know there's a there's a part of me that got caught up in my own head where it's like I do love the story I do love these characters I do love the book but it's not as heavy as say a healed is so there was part of me that's like oh well maybe it's not as worthy as healed was. Um, but then, you know, I, the great thing about comics is you find fantastic people in comics. And I was talking and I kind of said that sentiment to a friend of mine who, you know, we run into each other five or six times a year at these cons. And he just looked me dead in the face. He's like, I love baby. I love that story. And to kind of hear him say that, 
um, it really kind of like sh- turned on a light in my head and shut off some others. It was like, stop, you know, just stop making excuses. It's, it's yes. a good, it's a good story. It's a fun story. It's a story I love with all my heart and I want people to discover it. Um, and so that was a wonderful wake up call that really was kind of the momentum to get us to where we are now with, with the Kickstarter. Um, well, so- I'm glad, no, I'm glad that you bring that up because, um, I see this a lot on, on Twitter because I follow a lot of other authors and people in publishing and there's romance Twitter and there's, uh, uh- you know, YA Twitter and, these are genres that are constantly fighting for validity and acknowledgement. And I mean, do you remember, I can't even remember which award it was, but um, a, a comic book, one of the, one of the Neil Gaiman books, like won some big prestigious literary award. So the next year they changed it so that comics would never be eligible for that award again. That's because it right. Was a, it Sandman, was like a, right? Yeah. So it was like this loophole. And it was like, but, you know, it's a story. There's a story here. And so mm-hmm. whether, it, you know, so whether your, your comic or your book is YA or, you know, if it's a kid's book or if it's some, you know, like you're doing all ages, then you mean that it's fit for everybody. You know, there's there's absolutely no reason to shit on yourself about that. <laughs> right. Or make an apology so, about it. Yeah. I mean, these are like some of my favorite kinds of books and I, and I have no problem saying it cause it's my brain candy. I mean, I love it. I love, <laughs> I love serious books like bitch planet, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, but there's times when I just do, I just want to tune it out and enjoy like animals running around <laughs> solving crimes or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, I, and yeah. you know, and like you said, this is a monster. And so um, lately with the adventures with Gus and, um, you know, Oliver's <laughs> detective agency, yep. we've been writing about things like the Jersey Devils and the, you know, and, and having fun with, you know, learning about cryptids that might be in this area or why aren't they in this area? And then making up stories <laughs> about, well, this one came over on a boat from Germany and, yep. you know, so. Oh, and, it, and it's a blast to, to play in those sandboxes absolutely yeah and it's you know and that's what's fun is when you can take things that are like fictional and non-fictional and then like mash them together the historical fiction stuff is is great because you know you've you've set your in real life atlantic city where i just was for the weekend (laughs) and you know since baby i remember you know the the story of baby being born all those years ago yeah We've been through Hurricane Sandy and then, you know, an ass ton of other storms since then. And like New Jersey, like New Jersey has been getting hit pretty damn hard lately. Yeah. So, um, but Sandy like wiped away the the Jersey Shore. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. You know, there's like what a carousel or a roller coaster that's sitting out in the ocean and stuff. And yeah. People wanted to take it down and other people were like, no, leave it. It's kind of awesome to see that there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like this thing, like, Hey, we survived this thing and our roller coaster is now out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, so what is, why did you choose Atlantic city of all places? Um, so we had to narrow down the world. And so we wanted to do it in America. Um, and we kind of felt like the West coast always gets beaten and battered, 
So we wanted to bring it over to the East Coast. Um, and then we just decided to make our own little homeless comics universe. And so, you know, one of the main characters and settings for Healed um, is in New Jersey. Right, so, because we are the land of pharmaceutical companies. Yes, so. <laughs> yes. It was amazing to do that research on. Yes. Um, and so we so we decided to keep it in New Jersey. We didn't want to do New York because um, that was, you know, I mean, that's, of course, New York's going to get destroyed. Poor New York always gets destroyed. Sure. So we just, so we just brought it down. Um, and, you know, when, when we pitch it, it's kind of like, you know, Atlantic City getting destroyed in the most adorable way possible. There's a connection and there's a smile. Um, you know, a lot of people, maybe, maybe like yourself, like I'm from Jersey, it, it should get wiped out. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was, we had to put it somewhere. And so we thought it'd be fun to put it there, not realizing we would actually hit a resonance with people. Um, so that was, you know, again, just a fun little X factor that you can't plan on. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think it's people, fun. Yeah. I mean, I usually end up inventing cities that are in real places. Like mm-hmm. I'll have like the county will be a real place, but I'll just invent the city. Um, sort of a mishmash of, of yep. the two. Yeah. Uh, you know, mainly because I, I will feel the need to like, well, I need a coffee shop right here on this corner for this reason. And, you know, <laughs> um, and you don't want anybody coming back going that eh, coffee shop's not there. Yeah. 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 Um, and some yeah. people, some people could be really picky. I mean, like, you know, if Atlantic city is something that's so well known, Yes. you know, like the monopoly board is made of Atlantic mm-hmm. city and, um, you know, so somebody would be like, that doesn't intersect with that. If they were, you know, like if Griffin put, put the wrong street signs on something. Yeah, we just kept it at the, we did, we did make up an aquarium um, nice. off the top of my head. I don't know if there's an Atlantic no, City aquarium. I actually wanted, I actually, you know, thought because back when they were building, there was, they were talking about, you know, building this big aquarium and where should it be? And I was like, why on earth would you not have it on the coast side? Instead, right. they put it in Camden. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yeah, maybe you're close-ish to Philadelphia and all, but why on earth would you not put an aquarium on the coast side? Right. It, it just seemed like, I don't know, a mind-bogglingly stupid choice. It's a, it's a cute aquarium, you know. Yeah. But... And so, yeah, the Adventure Aquarium, is yes, that? Yes, that's yeah. the one, yeah. They but yeah, very, very nice uh, opportunity to just sit on benches and look at sharks. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's just the zen you need. It is, you know, and I'll tell you why. Because you and I were talking about Baltimore and how much fun that is. Yep. The Baltimore Aquarium at the the part where yeah. you can see the sharks is this strange corridor. Um, and there's no place to sit and chill out and just watch them. <laughs> and so it's like, I want to just park my butt and watch the sharks. <laughs> And contemplate life. I do, you know. It's just so serene. <laughs> the world's most perfect killing machine. Just exactly. stuck. I know. Just being <laughs> pathetic and going in a circle and like, oh, look, here's that girl again. <laughs> oh, look, now there's a kid licking the glass. <laughs> oh, but you see those, you get, you got to terrify those. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they, when the hippo will come up and like photo. Yes. Yeah. What was the one I saw recently? I think it was... Oh, it was a lion. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Kid, kid getting way too comfortable. 
outside the window, you know, outside the glass of a lion, and the lion had just had enough, <laughs> and it was glorious. That's awesome. That's funny. I, you know, I hate being scared, but when I see somebody else scared, I'm like, all right. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. They're fine. They wouldn't put this on YouTube if it was. If, if it, they yeah. Were no harm came to the child. <laughs> Just a good life lesson. Exactly. And th- yeah, that is an important life lesson. <laughs> like, hey, maybe don't stand so close to the lions. Yeah. Yeah. So we <laughs> just on a much smaller scale again, just. I'm just going to make fun of my son because he's not here. And I don't know if he'll yeah. ever hear this. There you go. Um, one of the greatest things uh, our, our first dog ever did was it taught Logan a lot about how not to treat dogs. Uh, Samson was a very chill uh, Shih Tzu. Um, so, like, he, he would give everybody their space. But there was this one day, you know, one-and-a-half-year-old Logan decided, you know what? What would happen if I put my finger in the dog's butt. (laughs) Um, And quickly he found out that, oh, Oh, I should not do that. (laughs) So this was, you know, this was at this point seven years ago. And it is a memory he still has. Oh, my God. And and I think is one of the reasons why he is so good when approaching new dogs. That's absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> you know, because it could have turned out differently. He could have suddenly been terrified and then had a phobia of dogs <laughs> the rest of his life. But it, it turned out right. Well, luckily, it was one of those very, it was clear black and white. Oh, oh, I just shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. I, I know why this happened. I was in control of the situation. Uh, I'm telling you, man, kids are the best. I can't wait. To, I can't wait for his wedding to unleash all of these stories. Oh, that's just superb. Well, yeah. Place. Plus, you're plus you got it in the comic form, sort of. You can, yep. you know, you know, and that's a good thing too. You can also like throw together a present like that for you know his yes. graduation or something. <laughs> Go, here's all the stupid shit you did. Yeah, yeah. And it's you know it's it's been kind of it's been neat to have him around. Where like, he's basically my test audience for this stuff. Well, that's you good. Know? Um, do you know? Do you actually enjoy reading this? And so. That and you know, again, kids aren't gonna lie, so right. um, at least not well. So yeah, that's been that's been kind of fun to do with him around, and you know, I don't know. You you try and think years down the road, but you kind of hope like yeah, maybe this is a seed. Yeah, you know, he sees he sees dad working on stuff and you know with his friends and making stuff and you know maybe that just puts the bug in his ear that oh this is a thing that you can actually do well this is this is interesting though because you're a dad that does a lot of stuff and you know half of that is you know creating yeah and uh, you know dad's gets to be a heavy metal rocker and sometimes he gets (laughs) to be a comic book writer um you know other kids are like well you know my dad's an accountant (laughs) <laughs> you know or whatever yeah. or, or you know it's just it's a to me it's a whole different s- sort of world where you can unlock this, yeah. this stuff for him where it's like creativity is encouraged oh and, yeah and not Absolutely. like not like you know because obviously there's like you, you talked about paying a mortgage like the, there's obviously real concern about no, don't go to art school, go to business school instead because <laughs> you want to be able to make a living. But on the other hand, you know, if if you have it and the pieces fall into place, mm-hmm. and you know, and I will admit sometimes that's hard. 
you know, there are people who, who can do it and who are doing it. And yeah, you know, absolutely. And it's, and it may not end up the way you plan it. Like, you know, I, I was doing music and that led into the short films and writing and all that stuff. And eventually that led to me working in advertising. Um, because, you know, when I, I realized, like, I, I, I enjoy using the creative side of my brain. I really love collaborating with people. Um, and advertising seemed like a place where I could be creative with other smart, creative people. Um, and while, you know, maybe not all of the work was the sexiest stuff in the world, um, I spent my day thinking and writing. That's that's kind of all I wanted to do. And, you know, I was able to do that and and pay a mortgage. And like I said, cars and everybody's fed and everybody's got clothes on. And oh, by the way, it also gets to kind of fuel all this other creative output as well. It, it lets me get these tables at these cons. It lets me produce these books. It lets me go to San Diego and New York and, you know, kind of keep feeding that part of my brain. So, you know, it is the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that becomes the writer, you know, or the artist, you know. Um, but I mean, you can end up, you know, using that skill in so many different ways. And just sometimes it takes its own unique path to find it. Yeah, I love that. I love, and that's you know I can remember back when like early early teen years thinking because I didn't understand as much of of the arts and enter entertainment world. First of all, we didn't have things like the internet, but um, I remembered when there was stuff like um, uh, like Cher would sing, mm -hmm. but then she would show up in movies, and she's brilliant in huh. movies. I love her as an actress. Yeah. Um, but then, oh, what the fuck is that guy's name? The one from Miami Vice. Oh, Don Johnson. Yeah. You know, and he put out a single. And, it, you know, it was always like top 10 or whatever. And then Eddie Murphy put out a single. <laughs> yep. single. And it was like, and I'm like, God, I would just wish they would just stick to one thing. As it, you know, as if musical theater didn't even exist in my world. I was like, God, just stick to one thing. And, and my friends like called me out on that. They're like, why? And I'm like, I don't know. It's just annoying me. <laughs> like it was some personal affront to me that Don Johnson was singing. Um, get my spot. Yeah, like, I don't know. And then, you know, and then as I got through high school and, and I started getting involved in um, doing the set work and stuff for, mm -hmm. for different theater things and whatever and fashion shows and, and all that, then, you know, I, then I got to see people who were like, oh, they're normally like the soloist of the choir, but now they're on stage and, you know, acting or the class clown would actually mm. be on stage and be a serious part, you know, like when Robin Williams did serious parts. Yeah. And, um, you know, and they were brilliant. And um, so I, it's just it's just this goofy thing now where <laughs> if somebody asks me, like, what I do, I'm like, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah. Like, I just really don't. I'm like, I, I'm like it, I'm, I don't know. What are, like, what are you looking for? I think most people are just looking for what is your paycheck? And that's right. a different thing than what do you do? Yeah. Like, to me, what I do is a long list of things. Mm -hmm. And it and there's a part, you know, it's, I think we might be 
similar in the fact that I, I, I don't, we're not the braggadocious creators, um, you know, for, for better, for worse. Mm-hmm. And so it took me a long time to just embrace and accept the fact that, no, you know what? I'm going to call myself a writer. I'm going to call myself a musician because that's what I am. And I mean, I've, I've kind of just like, what am I? I'm a creator. That's, I just, I yes. just create shit because, that's you know. That's what I started saying too. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I, there was, there was the, you know, dark times of the soul that, you know, you kind of realize, oh, okay, that rock and roll mansion isn't going to come over the horizon. <laughs> and that would, that was like, I, I think I clocked into like about a year and a half of me kind of like staring up at the ceiling going, well, what the fuck now? Um, and you know, yeah, but you I, know, all those rock and roll stars, the, all they're making <laughs> money off of now is being reality TV yeah. stars and having their lives yeah. torn apart and you know, <laughs> the, that god awful nonsense. Yeah, but it was kind of, uh, it was that thing of like, well, look, I've got like, you know, I've got 11 guitars in my basement, mm-hmm. I've got you know, all of this you know, music stuff. Well, if you know, I'm not gonna be a rock star, what the what the hell is it? And it finally getting to the other side of it of realizing, okay, you know what? I enjoy this. I truly like the you know, to go over dramatic, it feeds the soul, it makes my heart happy to create this stuff. Um, and if this is what it's gonna be, then so be it, because the idea of not doing it feels so much worse Absolutely. Than, than, you know, just going, well, that was it and wrap it all up and put it away. Um, and it's led, it's led to some actually like some great freedoms. The current band I'm in right now is called Swarm of Eyes. And um, it started, it, a friend and I who we've known each other for, you know, 20 plus years, played in different bands and, you know, played with each other at different shows and stuff like that. He looked at me one day, you know, and thanks to Facebook timeline, I can tell you it was about uh, (laughs) nine years ago that we just ran into each other randomly at lunch. And he said, you know, he was a singer. I'm a guitar player. It's like, we should do something. And I didn't have anything going on. I was like, yeah, yeah, we should do something. And what, so it just kind of ballooned to where it was just going to be a thing he and I were going to do. And then we brought in, another friend as a guitarist and then we brought in a bass player and then we're like, well, is this a band now? Um, (laughs) And so we brought in a drummer and again, all five of us knew each other from other bands, you know, 10 plus 15 plus years ago. And so we're all gentlemen of a certain age and we got together. And one of the first things we said is like, guys, you know, we know what this is and we know what it's not going to be. This has to be fun first and foremost. Because if it's not fun, there are a billion and a half things we all need to do. Other responsibilities, time constraints, that type of thing. And that, you know, kind of like first conversation has borne one of the most relaxed and satisfying musical projects I've ever been a part of. Because, you know, my the the singer Randy said it the best a couple of years ago. We've never had a had a, a conversation where it's like, hey, you know, four guys, let's come over here. You know, Billy really isn't pulling his weight. Is it time to get rid of him? Like we've never had to have those conversations because it's always been very respectful about what else everybody else is going through. And what that's helped to do is like there's no 
bullshit or pressure when we get together. It's just we enjoy hanging out with each other. And communication you know, is a very yeah. important life skill. Yeah. And especially when, you know, I don't know, laying out, you know, what it, what this thing is supposed to be and what it's not supposed to not like, you know, let's keep this fun is actually pretty tangible. So we can just kind of check in with each other. Um, you know, are we having fun? Do we need a break? And we've done it. We've gone, you know, say six months without seeing each other just because life gets lifey. Um, but then we're also actually very happy to get back together. Uh, and so now it's like this, I think this is, we're actually very close to being the longest running musical project I've been a part of. And part of that is because there's been, because we're older and there's no, pressure like the pressure is take care of each other and that's that's what we're doing um and that and i've realized like how all of these different creative things i do just end up spilling into each other I mean, I can i'm noticing that with um you know with baby that you have a, a reward for uh getting a custom heavy metal yes. song yeah um that kind of came about um a couple of years ago, uh, you know, friend of a friend said, hey, this game company is looking to write a song for one of their characters and they need a heavy metal song. So I said they should contact you. I was like, sure, why not? Um, and so it went really well. And um, the guys over at Comics Tribe, Rich Duick, uh, Joe Mulvey and uh, Tyler James, they've got a new project coming out. Um and they reached out to me and like, hey, we need a we want a theme song for our comic. And so I was kind of looking at these opportunities going, maybe there's something here. Um, so I kind of launched this thing called Making Metal with George. And it's just it's, you know, I am here to be, you know, write custom heavy metal songs for you. And, you know, on the one hand, you know, on the serious side, please note the finger quotes, you know, I'm wrote, I'm writing you know, songs for video games. I'm writing this song for, uh, for the comic tribe guys for their comic called wailing blade on the flip side. I got contacted by a friend of mine as a Christmas gift. She wanted to write, uh, a song for her brother's cat. I and was just so, going to ask you that. Oh my God. That's so funny. And, I was like, well, so what yep. if my cust- my topic of choice is my cat? Uh, then I will love you. Big, so it's, you know, she's like, he really likes this band, Amana Marth. I'm like, well, I really like that band, Amana Marth, too. And we want it to be about the cat. I'm like, tell me about your cat. And so she sent over, like, a three-page document about her cat. So, again, if we're talking about Venn diagrams smashing into each other. Yeah. So, so she's Well, like, I mean, oh. this is very, this is just very Iron Maiden of you, by the way. Because they could, <laughs> yeah. they could. They could just take a topic like that, something obscure, and mm-hmm. turn it into the most epic and and precious harmony. And that's and it's that, amazing. Yeah, and that's what I ended up doing. So, you know, like Monomarth is all Viking metal, so it's all about Loki and the old gods. I'm like, all right, half of this story that she's telling me about the cat is how she, the cat will like stalk people and stock people for the perfect moment to steal their food. I'm like, well, that's it. This cat, you know, you know we're writing a Viking song about a cat who stalks people. And uh, Vikings had cats on ships. Yeah. And so, you know, so, so like, again, there's this three page document. She tells me about her cat. So 
now I'm engaging the copywriter side of my brain where the client is, is saying, this is what we want to do and this is how we want to say it and here's all the information about the thing. And my job is to go through all of this and figure out what's the most important part for the story. Well, that part of the brain engages as I'm writing the lyrics to this song. Um, and so all of a sudden I've got, you know, what is one of my favorite songs I've ever written is about this cat that I'm basically have turned into a Viking God. I think that's uh, brilliant. And, I mean, it could be yeah. like, you know, carrying, helping, you know, pull the chariot of mm -hmm. Freya. And yeah, exactly. So it's a little warrior cat song, but the joke is I took it very seriously. Like the, you know, uh, yeah, the, the music I again, written very seriously, you know, something that I am proud to put, you know, my thumbprint on uh, something that was actually a lot of fun to write the lyrics, you know, it's more tongue in cheek versus straight, um, you know, punchline setup. And then I got a while after that, someone said, I've got four dogs. I kind of want to write a song about like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but they're my dogs. And I'm like, I am all over this. That's so and, brilliant. And so, you know, trying to think about this new this new puppy that we have, I'm like, okay, you know what this song is about? It's it's about these how these creatures take over our lives. And we're gonna elevate that to the way like the four horsemen would take over a town or take over the world. And so it's kind of weaving those stories in. Again, over a song, I think is pretty goddamn metal. Um Well, and, I, I love that the Twitter though, the black what is it death cat metal cats or something on twitter <laughs> oh. i have to i have to enter this now and try to find i know black, i'm doing yeah. this it is okay so they're actual it's it's black metal cats um but their actual handle is at evil bm cats <laughs> and it is like the most fabulous uh of the, of the twitters for cats Thing. Oh yes, because you know they do. They get the, the cats that look all you know. It's the the portrait of them looking serious. Yes. and their brows are down, and then they put these captions that are just the most hilarious things. Mm-hmm. I I love it. I absolutely yep. love it. So yeah, it's, oh yeah. Like I said, it's all this this Venn diagram stuff crossing over. Um, and like I know as a creator and as a team member. Comics has made me a better collaborator because comics is all about talking and communication. But the other flip side is then getting out of the way of your partner and letting them do your thing. Like you each talk about the target you want to work towards, but the way it works best is when everybody is given the room to kind of like find their own way there. Like, Absolutely. you you know, um, and that realization in the comic book world made me a much better collaborator in the music, in the band, where I think I kind of went like, this is what I have in mind, so this is what you will play, versus this is kind of what I have in mind, go. And then if I yeah. did nudge a little to left, a little right to kind of keep them you know, on target, I will. But outside of that, it's like, I want to see what you come up with, because what you come up with bass player what you come up with artists will be so much better than what i have in my head that's why i love working with thomas boatwright mm -hmm. we know each other so well that i'm just like 
all right, this is what I have. And if I've, you know, the, you know, couple times I've ever had to give him anything like a script, he'll be like, okay, but I'm changing this. I'm like, go ahead. I'm right. like, I know you, I know, you know, you know, the point is just, you know, that's the story. Like this, get it out there. And when we do book covers together, I'm like, here's the idea. I, you know, like the last one, I was like, I, I'm like, it's about scarecrows that go around murdering people. I'm like, I just want a scarecrow on the cover, come up with something. And he's like, you know, <laughs> the epitome of creepy shit. So yep. I knew I would get a, a really knockout cover. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fantastic when you have that. Um, now is Griffin doing your colors also? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. That was one of the things like when you're talking about let let everybody's vision come through at the same time because um image comics did a, a variation um they did an issue of spawn i can't remember which number mm-hmm. but where um it has like eight different variants because it's <laughs> there's a black and white one by mcfarland yeah. and then there's all of these other colorists got to have their chance at coloring that same image that's awesome so it's really neat um if somebody's really into that kind of like very collectible type of stuff mm-hmm. but i mean even just looking at the the jpegs online it, it's just so cool to see all these different ideas you know mm-hmm. some people had it during sunrise some people had it during the you know middle of the night someone put it during a snowstorm and uh, you know it's like gosh all that stuff that's just coming from the final, the you know, the final piece of the pie. Yeah, when there's no letter, when there's no letters involved. Yeah. I'm saying, you know, this is, you know. Yeah, it's they're they're start they're all starting from the same place, right? The same, yeah. The same, you know, piece of art, the same, you know, maybe write up to go with, and then you just get to see how everybody just has set, has you know has their own idea based off of the same information. So yeah, it's it's and again, it's it's wonderful. I mean, the number of you know jokes or stuff like that in in Baby that that Griffin put in there that you know wasn't absolutely was not in the script. You know, the, he's got these little like side stories in the background about you know we've we've got we've got our story and and Baby in the front, but if you watch over a couple pages in the background, there's a whole other story of like a shark chasing a fish. Oh my and God. you know, and that was that wasn't in the script. That wasn't anything we talked about. That was the artist looking at a page, going, "I think this would be funny." And yeah, ever I I always credit other people for making me a lot funnier than I come mm-hmm. off. I'm like, no, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that's uh, I, I, I want to be funny. And then somebody <laughs> like Kevin Freeman or Joe Sergi will come along and they'll punch up my jokes. Yeah, I'll be like, God, you guys make me so much funnier. Mm-hmm. They're the best, you know, and that's, I think part of that is maturing, right? Like having the, I don't know, the confidence or the maturity to let people tweak, to, to listen to feedback, to, with open ears. Um, well, because you don't want to just fall down that pit of how much you suck because it wasn't <laughs> your idea. You know, yeah, I, I used to again, I think because maybe I got to advertising later in life. Um, and when I got in there, like I said, it was like, I don't know, 10 plus years of doing music. I mean, I kind of went through this whole thing where very early on I realized uh, I don't I don't know everything. Like I can be up on stage and thinking we had a great show and I'll talk to people like, nah, didn't work. 
And on the flip side, I can be on stage going, well, this is absolute shit. And to a person, everyone's coming up, that was a fantastic show. So really early on, I realized, well, I don't know anything. Um, and the only way I will know anything is to check in with other people. So there's that coupled with the, look, I just don't care. I just want good things. You know, I want good comics. Yeah. I want good songs, whatever. And so, you know, with with the whole advertising thing, I, t I would talk with account people who would get kind of, I don't know, tiptoeing around me. And I realized what it was like, oh, I just want you to know, I have no ego about the about my writing. I am here to make the thing as good as it can be. So if you have a better way of making it better, please tell me because I don't care. All I care about is that we get it there. So if it's my headline, if it's, you know, the janitor's headline, if it's the accountant's headline, I don't care. Let's find the right answer. That's our job. Well, I'm so glad that you, that you bring that up because one of my favorite quotes that was actually from a, a, one of the yoga teachers that I, I had, um, he was one of our guest teachers. His name is Harish Wallace. And he said, the ego would rather be right than be happy. Mm. And, of you know, after listening to him for six days, <laughs> that one quote I wrote down, I turned into a little, you know, like image meme thing. And I and I go back to it over and over again because it's true. Yeah. The, like your ego gets can get really in your way. Like some obviously sometimes it's necessary. It gives you some confidence and, you know, lets you know important information. But on the other hand, there can be too much. And yeah. Um, we already have uh, plenty of people like that visibly <laughs> in the world. So pull your reins in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I things that's an important. Yeah. Lesson. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's just so much. Uh, things will be better. The thing will be better. Your experience will be better. Your relationships will be better when you kind of realize it's not about you. It's about the work. And, you know, you will you will look like a star if the work is good. You know, whether you had all the things to do with it or 20% of it. And if the thing's bad and your name is on it, it you know, who cares? You know, it Yeah, it's... well that depends on how on how <laughs> on how much is put behind it because yep. like you and I are, are indie people. Um yeah. but then there are these epic book deals like i said mm. following you know following book twitter um <laughs> where people get the um you know the galleys of something or maybe they just get the press release of something and mm -hmm. they find out that um unintentionally it's a big racist pile of shit <laughs> and then you know, then there's there'll be a big campaign telling yep. Simon and Schuster or Penguin Putnam, whatever, like, you know, pull this book or don't don't release this book. And and even if you have a sensitivity reader that backfires, mm. um, you know, and so it's like sometimes being in the indie world is this blessing where we're not <laughs> under that kind of microscope. Yeah. And it's like I've probably had racist shit in my books accidentally i didn't mean them <laughs> that way of course um yeah especially since one of my main characters in my mystery series is an asian woman so she's korean and um 
it's you know yeah so it's bound to happen i don't i mean I'll, in comics i i think it's the usually the bigger name people like i said it depends on how what kind of microscope you're under yeah. um because there's been plenty of stuff called out even just for a cover you know mm-hmm. the cover itself could be grossly offensive and um Oh, and now, of course, now we're in that whole comic skate thing, just like we yeah. were in it. To, like, I mean, I don't think we ever left it. We were in it when it was Gamergate yep. from like, you know, five, six years ago. Yep. Um, you know, if you dare to condemn a cover for something like constantly drawing teenage girls with gigantic boobs, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the personalities of 29 year olds. I had gigantic boobs as a teenager. I'm not dissing that. I'm just saying, like, you can't always give them the personalities of a 29-year-old right. and the sex life of a 29-year-old. Right. Um, so it's, uh, you know, comics is a can be a very strange world that way, where mm-hmm. we do have mm-hmm. these big celebrities, and um, and yet, you know, they could go into a supermarket and nobody would know who they are. <laughs> yeah, there is a great, um, there's a meme floating around, and I'm sure it'll pop up every three or four months. Um, you know, the, the, the actress who goes from the unknown actress to the famous actress and it's, you know, she's struggling and she's on the red carpet. Um, the musician goes from the small club to the arena and the famous, you know, comic book artist goes from a drawing table to a drawing table. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Their, their world does not change as they, as they rise up. Their view doesn't change as they rise up. No, no. Sometimes you might get preferential seating or you might yep. get your hotel room paid for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I wouldn't mind that every now and Long for that day. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like, man, cover my expense. But I got to talk to Tom King real quick at uh, Boston Comic Con last year. And I I love him. I've had, you know, talked to him a little bit here and there. Um and he was just kind of he's an interesting guy he i yeah he he's he quickly r- rose up the ranks of oh if he's ever doing a spotlight panel like you know just where do you can talk to tom king for 50 minutes oh, i'm gonna be there yeah because you know there's some beautifully insane parts but then mixed in with the beautifully insane parts are some really deep thoughtful moments where you're like i did not expect that at all and that's the thing i'm going to be thinking about for the next two weeks um, but yeah, just him kind of, he walked by the table and he just kind of looked at me as like, man, I do not miss this part of the, of the job. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I just show up and they've got my books there. And I'm like, Oh, wow. that's, 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 that's so the nice. level I want to hit. You know, it's kind of, it's the version of like when I was, you know, younger musicians, like all oh, I want are roadies. That's all I want. I don't want to cover my own, carry my own stuff. I've almost got a roadie. He's, he's eight. So I, yep, I did. Ha- I did have to make my own roadie. Um, it's a slow <laughs> process. You, know, <laughs> you got to really put the time in. Yeah. Yep. And it's you know it's where. Hey, maybe someday <laughs> he'll go to art school. Exactly. Who knows? He, you know. He's he's a storyteller on his own. I mean, some of my favorite moments again when he's like you know th- between like two and four, he would sit in our living room kind of like behind our couch and i could hear him with his action figures and he's just telling stories and my wife and i would look at each other and we would like look at each other like don't say a thing if he realizes we're listening 
he'll right. stop. He'll stop. And the only thing I want to do right now is hear what happens next in this, you know, three-year-old story. And it's a, and it's a neat little thing. Again, this is this now we might be diving into like dad stuff. Um, but it's creator dad stuff, so that's how I'm going to justify sure. it in my head. Uh, I write about my cat, dude, so it's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm in a safe space. You're right. You are. Um, it's, you know, as a creator who, you know, I, I'm going to let him do whatever he wants, but I am hoping he becomes a creator as well. I think they're, the world needs more of us. Uh, I love the fact that this is a kid that, yes, he'll play on his tablet because he's eight and it's 2018 and that's what you do. But he will also police himself where he's like, I'm going to go up and play with Legos and tablets dropped. And for an hour and a half, he is up in his room putting some sort of, you know, epic story together and he's bringing friends over and, you know, they're not sitting around playing tablets. They're up in his room, you know, creating their own star Wars stories and that type of thing. Uh, and it's just, it's really neat to listen to. And it's, it's one of those things where you almost kind of like, treat it like a precious egg where I was like, all right, this is, this is the stuff that's naturally baked into this kid. Like, how do we protect that? How do we keep it pure? I do, I do want to know how to protect that because I feel like, uh, you know, as adults, most of us lose our imaginations. And sometimes I'm, I struggle so much. I'm like people that write these, uh, you know, amazing stories or, you know, they might go on like these fantastic Twitter stories of, <laughs> You know, about what it was like being 12 or something. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, Jesus, I don't remember. Like, <laughs> like, how do you do this? How do you remember? How do you harness what your brain was thinking? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, I it's Magnum uh, PI was cute. That was <laughs> well, I mean, that mustache, come on. And he lived I in mean, Hawaii. Really. Yeah, I mean, it, man. He I had that outfit, cool. by the way. I, I mean, I literally, before there was a, such a thing as cosplay, like I had my grandfather's Hawaiian shirt and I had ripped off cut, cutoffs like that, you know, oh, and uh, beautiful. And I, it wasn't intentional at all. Like I had no consciousness <laughs> that that's what I was doing. But I'm like, I'm fucking running around dressed as Magnum P.I. <laughs> oh, and then you ran to your helicopter. It was awesome. Seriously. So, yeah, so that's, you know. That is interesting, you know, as I just kind of try and figure out what the hell I'm doing, because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm just doing it, and we're going to see what happens next. There is a bit of it of like, well, all right, I got this, you know, I got this kid watching me, um, and I definitely can see parts of my DNA in him. Um, you know, my wife is an actress and a singer. We were in a band together for like six years. So like, you know, this, you know, this kid got double barreled creativity going on in him. Um, and yeah, there is like, you know, kind of like whenever somebody, whenever anybody's over here recording, like he's got the open door for him. Like, dude, come on down, see, see what we're doing. You know, the only rule is their microphone. So you, you have to be quiet. Right. Uh, but you want to sit on my lap as I edit this song together? Come on, let's let's do it. It was actually it was born out of some great advice. Um, actually, a creative director I was working with uh, when we figured out, you know, we were tra or my wife Tracy was pregnant, and he has a son who is a very he's a talented guitar player. His son is a talented guitar player and writer, 
as well. I said, so how, how do you get them interested? And he, and the best advice was like, just have the stuff around. Don't push him on it. Don't push anything. But you know, over here's a drum kit over. Here's a bass over. Here's a guitar. You know, if you want to play with it, go for it. It's yours. Play with it. You know, this isn't daddy's stuff you're not allowed to play with. Um, you know, please don't bang it around. But, you know, you want to play on the drum kit? Go for it. You want to see how I edit a song together? Sit on my lap and I'll show it to you. And just, it's just seed planting. That, and that, you know, who knows in a couple of years, 10 years, we'll see what, comes out of it but i mean the one of the things i definitely didn't want to do because i think you know you i and anybody listening to this we've all got friends who said oh my mom made me take piano for 12 years and i hated it and i stopped but man i kind of wish i kept going with it Mm -hmm. uh and so that's been you know our kind of philosophy is like i would look i i i want a drummer in my house that's that's the only thing I can't do. I want to jam with a, a drummer. And, <laughs> and you know what? I would love for it to be my son. But the last thing I'm going to do is make him sit on a drum kit an hour. And force him. And yeah. force him. Because that's the quickest way to kill any interest in it. Um, I think maybe one of the reasons, you know, I'm, I still do what I do. And I'm still playing guitar twenty and, and actively writing 25 years after I picked it up. And weirdly, like of my high school friends who were much more talented than I was, I'm the last one standing of, you know, who still, you know, even recreationally plays. I think it's because I found it later in life and I found it on my own terms. Um, and I, I've kind of never forgot that. Um, you know, so it's just it's just showing him. These things that, you know, just these are things that are possible. This comic book in my hand, you know, I wrote it, you know, Uncle Griffin drew it. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know, you it's a it, it's not kind of like this weird thing of like somebody out there made it. It's like, no, no, no. You know, you you have dinner with the person that made this every night. Like, you know, this this isn't something someone else can do. This is something you can do. You know, here's the music that, you know, Uncle Jeff and Uncle Randy and Uncle Derek and Uncle Tommy do, you know, um, it was kind of neat last year. We we finally did like an all ages afternoon gig. And so, you know, like he, Johnny Karate, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so he got to see us kind of do our thing live. Like, you know, here's you know, this is this is real. This is uh, this is obtainable. Um, and that was just kind of neat. Um I have zero idea where I was going with all of this other than to let you just just like you said, you know, letting the kids discover and and have that discoverability. Um, I I remember talking to Jordan Stratford, an author, uh, a couple years ago, and that's he lives like out on this island of Canada. It's amazing. It sounds just the most ridiculous. He's cut off from everything. And and his kids are just like little scientists, like they just go out and they play with flowers and discover things mm-hmm. and it's you know and that's how he ends up creating these stories uh, about their lives basically and just you know giving them giving them historical <laughs> names of Ada Lovelace uh, you know and, and Mary Shelley and stuff and um, and it's just you know seeing that seeing that visually so 
it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool if you have that kind of dynamic or, you know, mm-hmm. somebody to, to play off of. Oh, but yeah. Now, bef- but before I, I let you go, though, I did. I do want to know about your, you know, what is keeping you excited in comics or television or, um, you, you know, what are you reading these days? Um, what I and I realize this, what I love. Do you about, have no time. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I have a short amount of time. So, OK. And, you know, luckily, Tracy and I kind of share a big crossover of stuff that we like so you know we we do have limited time to watch tv um but we are as a as a family we are excited that legion is back um that i just that show is just wonderfully bizarre um there is uh i'm a huge bill Hader fan and so he's got a new show on hbo called barry um that is about a he plays a hitman who is disgruntled with life and ends up taking an acting class. And now he wants to stop being a hitman and become an actor. Oh my God. That sounds fantastic. And I, like I said, I love Bill Hader. It is, yeah. it's not funny. haha, but it's funny. Dark, funny. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so very excited about that. Uh, what is it? AP bio is the new Patton Oswalt uh, show with, Oh, I'm blanking on his name from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, Charlie Day? Not Charlie. um, The tall. The other one. Yeah. I don't know. So that's, you know, anything with Patton Oswalt, I'm I'm on board with. Um, So that's the stuff. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I have loved that they have basically said, fuck it. We're going for it. Do everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I've really enjoyed the last, this season. Yeah. Trying to think what else. I am still a Walking Dead apologist. I still I I'm enjoying <laughs> it. And while I can maybe see some of the things people complain about, I don't care. I am still entertained by it. Um, I'm trying to think of like what else we we hit on the DVR. Um, but that's kind of those are some of the highlights off the top of my head. Uh, reading wise, what I realized the other day was I think one of the reasons I love about comics is there is a constant influx of something new like yeah always like a a couple months ago i was really bummed out because hawkeye ended and she hulk ended and i was really enjoying those titles but the next week comes around and jason jordan has the death of love that is fantastic um and oh damn it now i feel terrible there's another one i had that it's Anyways, it's, it's, it's there's always a constant influx of, of new stuff coming out. So, um, you know, and, and I am a proud Wednesday warrior. So things that really I love right now, uh, you know, we'll mention him for the ninth time. Tom King's Miracle Man, I think, is just absolutely fantastic. Um, and I mean, I, I wonder if they're like, did that come back just because now there's talk of the, of a movie with the new gods? Uh, no, that came back. The, I, I don't, you know, you know what? Maybe I'm speaking out of school. I don't know. Uh, the story story he told me was he and Mitch Garrods. And I think I just pronounced his name wrong. They did. I don't know. I, but I know who you mean. They did Sheriff of Babylon, which was an amazing book. Um, I mean, I love comic books, but comic books really don't like, I don't know. I don't get like scared or tense or anything like it. I just, I just don't. 
But this is one of the few books, like, as I'm reading it, I'm tensing up. Like, it is so well executed um, that, you know, I'm, like, legit worried about turning the page and what's about to happen. So they did Sheriff of Babylon, and it was fantastic. And I think Mitch was – they were supposed to do that this current Batman run that Tom King's on. And then DC went, yeah, Mitch isn't a big enough name. He, he can't have the Which time. would be insane because I've yeah. known of him forever. Yeah. And so they were like, he's, he's not big enough for Batman. And so Tom was like, well, you just screwed him. So give us something. And I think his caveat was, give us something no one will give us notes on. And they gave him a list and Miracle Man was one of them. And he's like, Miracle Man, we're going to take Miracle Man. Cool. Um, and then much like he did with his Visions book over at Marvel, it's just this wonderful human story wrapped up in this ridiculous over the top comic book world. Um, and I think that's, he's one of the ones doing it right now where it is grounded and mythology mythological at the same time. Um, and it's just, and they're just, again, executing it perfectly. So I love any miracle man week is a great week. Uh, Southern bastards by Jason Aaron is another book that like I get a visceral reaction when it's time to pick that up. Um, and I, and I just love that book to death. Um, I'm trying to think, um, you know, Jeff Lemire has like five or six books right out right now. And they are all just fucking fantastic. And doesn't he like do every part? So some every, of them, um, uh, I, I was going to say like how, cause I noticed that too. I was like, it's like, man, I, d- you know, if it takes him like a year or two to make one book, it's like, where did all yeah. this shit come from? Um, I'm trying to think. So Royal City is the one I believe he is writing and drawing um, because I love his art style as well. Um, mm-hmm. But then he's also got uh, Black Hammer, which is fantastic. Descender is, one, I think, one of the most beautiful books out there right now. It's, it's a watercolor comic book. And it's just, it's gorgeous on top of, you know, being a great read. So he's a guy that, like I said, like, it seems like every week I'm picking up a book from him. Um, Jason Aaron's Thor run, I think, has been absolutely fantastic. The, the, more, the longer I've gone in comics, I've actually moved further away from, like, DC and Marvel and into the indies. But I think his Thor run has just been money for, for years. Um, and, you know, without getting up and looking at everything that's on my bedside table. Those are that, uh, <laughs> that's that what jump out, out right now. Yeah. And then like any good dork, I mean, we're about to enter a world where in like a month we're going to have Avengers, Deadpool and a star Wars movie. It's, you know, that's we're these are good days. These are reasons to eat healthy and get exercise so we can be alive for all of this stuff. Yeah, I actually, um, I haven't read them yet, but I know that IDW has um, the Star Trek Discovery mm-hmm. comics, and um, and I do enjoy that show. Yes. Um, I know, like, a lot of more, more, like, diehard Star Trek people hate it, but I do enjoy Discovery. <laughs> um, I just wish, I mean, I, and I guess this is where we're going in the world. I just, putting it behind a paywall, man, it's just. I know, that is really shitty. Like, yeah. First of all, it's like we're already paying like $200 a month for freaking cable <laughs> and you're a regular network. You yeah. are just a regular network that I should be able to get without cable within an yep. antenna for God's sake. 
And and that's just terrible it, because every single one of them, like Disney's going to come out with its own. Yep. So all the more, you know, all the Star Wars and Marvel stuff is going to go off Netflix. And it's like, are you kidding? Like, just I, if I'm already paying ten, eleven dollars for Netflix and, yep. you know, another like ten dollars for Hulu. And, you know, it's oh, my God, but that's like, what it's stop. That's what it's going to be. It's it's we're not going to be paying 200 bucks to a cable company. We're going to be tell, paying 10 bucks to 20 different companies. Yeah, I know. Like that's somehow better. I, I don't know. It's, <laughs> the one thing I will that I will appreciate is is when there are the options of well, you've paid for this, so there's no commercials. Then I'm happy. Yeah. You know, yep. that's why I've been pretty loyal to to Netflix because it's like then I'm happy. Yeah, and then but I mean, plus also Netflix is doing as creators, they're doing what we dream of, which is bringing people in, saying we like what you do. What do you want to do? Okay, go do it. Yeah, and not getting in the way. I mean, that's yeah. that's everybody's dream yeah. right there. And and we get some fantastic stuff that um, what was I thinking about? Um, the OA from a couple of years ago. Um, I mean, I was just yeah, I was watching that just in awe because it's like this is a show that would not live anywhere else. I you know for despite the how successful Stranger Things is, I don't think that is a show that could have survived out of you know outside of netflix yeah it's like a cult yeah people with with their stranger things yeah it's and like doing... what i really enjoyed about oa for as, as weird as it was and i can understand how it lost people i think if it was like the first show i saw on netflix that took it that like realized oh we're on netflix we don't there are no rules here and so they would have 44 minute episodes 110 minute episodes <laughs> um, and it blew me away that it wasn't until the third episode where they told you what the show was about and it and that was one of those moments i looked at it's like it, you could never do this type of storytelling outside of netflix outside of like the binge world where you know there's no way in hell like you know Fox or NBC would let you go three episodes without telling the audience exactly what oh, the yeah, show Oh yeah no they you would have 100 network notes yeah. and, oh yeah exactly you know, and f- 15 people from above telling you what to do Yeah So but, so, so it's it, this is you know and I guess you know if if we bring it all the way kind of back around to Kickstarter this is one I mean this is a fantastic time to be a creator, you know, the one edge of the sword is, yes, there are a lot of voices out there. Um, so it is. There are. And I want to, I actually wanted to remark on your Kickstarter that you set your goal very low. Yes. Um, because you, your book is already done. Yeah. So essentially people are paying for what the print. The graphic novel. The print version. copy. Yeah. yeah. So they're paying for the printed version. Um, well, this. and Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. So I'm just saying, like, you didn't have to, like, you know, like. Like you and Griffin have already done the work. You don't have to say, "Well, I already owe Griffin five thousand dollars." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, well, it's so this. This is where you are. We were t- we were talking about you know we're talking about algorithms here. You know, I you know I've talked to printers. I know how much it's going to cost to get these things printed. But one of the things I wanted to do was you know to to rise above the noise. You know, on Kickstarter, you know, there's. There's a lot of stuff going on on Comic Kickstarter. There's a lot going on. So how do you rise above the noise? Well, you can you can kind of tweak with the algorithm. So 
we kicked around, well, what do we think, what's a number we could hit that, you know, is, is a good number, but we could hit pretty quickly. And so that was the $1,500 mark that we put out there because what happened is exactly what we thought would happen. Um, I, I, I am so lucky that I have amassed some really supportive friends, you know, in real life online, you know, just wonderful. It just, it, it still blows me away. Um, and so we figured, yeah, we might be able to hit this in two days. And if we can hit that in two days, we will then rise above the noise on Kickstarter as a project that is legit, that is going to happen, that has people interested in it. And the creators are working to bring eyeballs over to it. Um, so that was the game plan, and it's it's neat every now and then when the game plan actually works. Um, and so and so now, like the last time Griffin and I did a Kickstarter was probably about six years ago when we wanted to do the second issue of Healed, and Griffin went back to school and my son was born. So like all that free cash was gone, and so we went to Kickstarter, and this is when it was picking up traction, but it hadn't fully exploded yet. So people would just kind of spend time and search and find things. And so a bunch of complete randos found us. Um, but it was the last 48 hours of the campaign that we we're, you know, I'm constantly refreshing it, hoping, praying we can get over our threshold. You know, cut till now, we were able to fund the thing in less than 48 hours. Um, and so now this is such a better place to live where it's now we're just curious on how far we can get it to go, you know, versus praying somebody comes across and and you know plays an angel donor or something like that that's awesome yeah so you've already hit so congratulations oh sorry <clears throat> so you've already hit so that's a, a good thing to celebrate yes. and um i'll throw in some quick comic recommendations uh and whatnot too um since we're talking about little baby monsters and and everything with the kickstarter for baby i'll give a little shout out to the tea dragon society from oni press because it is freaking adorable as all hell it is unbelievably cute and i want my own tea dragon <laughs> i love what does too as well i mean that's just yeah company. they do great stuff and so they are also doing like a gaming tie-in so there's gonna oh. be like a, a, a like a card game i think um which is, I believe, in the works. Um, and then uh, talk about fun that for like a variety of ages can appreciate. It's a, it's a weirdly got some blood in it, but <laughs> in a goofy way is um, for, was also from Oni called Dead Weight Murder at Bloom Can't Can't Bloom. <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty sure that was Oni. I have it filed under Oni. Um, and like you just don't expect it. It's you know like kids that have to go to, um, yeah, it's definitely Oni. Um, kids that have to go to fat camp, ah. and um, then there's like all of a sudden you know people turning up murdered. And that's um, got a big cast of credits. It's Terry Blass, Molly Muldoon, illustrated and colored by Matthew Seely, lettered by Fred C. Stressing. So. Um, it was it was like a surprising twist to me that I was like didn't expect this like serious murder stuff even <laughs> though it's in the title and um, and it was really good like it was a good little story um, so that is already uh, a whole collected volume that's out and 
Um, let's see what else have we got going on? Um, Action Lab always has good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Raven, Raven the Pirate Princess is like one of the best things. And um, I talked about Jupiter Jet on the last show, so I'll gloss over that. <laughs> but other, otherwise, um, like TV wise, I gave Krypton a shot. I watched one episode and didn't even care that I watched oh. it again. It's a shame, but um, because I did like like the actors seemed pretty cool and mm-hmm. stuff. But um, we're sticking with Lucifer and I Zombie and Supergirl yeah. and um, Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'm compl- completely addicted to. I just watch it like every day. I just throw it on. <laughs> it's my new Parks and Rec. Like, yeah. I'm just uh, um, so I just throw on Brooklyn Nine Nine and Bob's Burgers. Yep. Um, Very much looking forward to Archer coming back. Oh yeah, yeah. In fact, that's looking like it's getting better. Yeah. Um, I Zombie did too, because it kind of like started going off for a while, and this season, um, or at least this part of the season, it seems like it's really gotten itself back on this really nice path about um, uh, like coyotes, like people mm. trying to get people across the Seattle border in, in mm. or out of the border and stuff. And so it's really taken a more interesting turn than where it was with the monster energy drink thing, whatever the hell, whatever the hell they were doing there. Um, so that's, um, yeah, so that's basically where, where we are on this end, but George, thank you for all of your time. Cause I know you have stuff to do and work and everything, well, but, um, any, any it. excuse to catch up and hopefully we'll yeah. be able to do it face to face before the year is out. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, speaking of, so where are you going to be or how do you want people to follow you so they can keep up with where you're going to be? Sure. Um, the website is homelesscomics.com. Um, we've got some free previews of the books that are going on up there. Uh, so you can check that out on Twitter. Uh, my personal Twitter is lazy horde, L A Z Y H O R D E. Um, on you can find homeless comics on Facebook as well. Uh, if you're into metal, you can check out swarmofeyes.com and you can hear some of our stuff there. Uh, as far as conventions coming up, uh, there's a you know we were talking about smaller conventions uh, before we started recording. Uh, there's there's one I'm very excited in Concord, Mass, uh, Concord, New Hampshire. Sorry, on the 28th april 28th called the old school comic book show uh we will be at uh, fan expo boston we'll be at Terrificon down in connecticut uh i'm very excited we got uh through the lottery for small press expo in bethesda maryland we did that show very early on and it treated us really well and we've been trying to get back since and so we finally will so i'm excited to go there you know, just with more stuff, you know, if, if, if it treated us that well with like two floppy books, I, I'm, I have hopes, you know, now that we're bringing, you know, a, a multitude of, of different stories. Uh, and plus it's just a great vibe. Um, you know, just talking about people who love comics and are looking for something new. It's just wonderful. Um, so we're doing that and I, and I will be a civilian at San Diego and a civilian at New York Comic Con. Fantastic. All right. Well, give Griffin big hugs and Absolutely. kisses from me. Absolutely. I miss him. So, all right, guys. So go follow George O'Connor, Griffin S. Go look up Baby on Kickstarter. And um, you can follow me at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter. You can follow me and the cats <laughs> on Instagram at Amber Unmasked. And um, 
see our daily updates about our adventures. And, and if you <laughs> check out today's post, you'll uh, get the details about how I fell out of a tree. Um, so, um, so it gets interesting. And I'm working on, on putting, like, putting all of those stories together, like I said, into something, an easier format to read. So um, thank you, George. Thank and you. And have a great time, everyone. 